You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We're glad to see all of you again. Glory to God and all of you watching. Praise the Lord. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 4, and uh, verse 34. And, uh, you know, I got into just kind of praying and studying today and just really fellowshipping with the Father, and it's so much fun. And when you get so much fun, you start digging in and doing, and you start writing and creating, and uh, we'll see how, how far we get tonight or how far we go here. I have lots of notes, but just, just from my heart. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm usually, well, almost all of my life, I'm always up. And uh, I usually always used to joke that I, I get mad at myself, and the longest time I've ever been mad at myself is about 10 minutes, and uh, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, interesting, because most people, they can beat themselves up for months. And, um, but this past week, there just, I mean, it just seemed like there was some things just overshadowing, and I don't know if it's for the church or for what it was, but I, I knew I had to fight through some things, because usually... Um, like I said, I can come out of stuff pretty quickly. And it, was just, it just seemed like everything was getting overwhelmed. And I couldn't, basically I wasn't getting things done. Or I wasn't able to do a lot of things that I uh, wanted to do or that I thought I should have been doing or could have accomplished. And, uh, you know, I was having uh, coffee with Brother Self this morning. And uh, he basically set me straight. He just kind of said, hey, he said, uh, just because you're getting older and you can't do 100 things and you can only do 50, that's just the way it is. <laughs> and I thought, that's not a good confession. That was just not a good word. But it was, it was something, you know, we, were, we were laughing about it. But the thing about this is that sometimes you've got to turn around and say, I say, Lord, okay, Lord, what is it? What do we need to do? What is it that needs to take place or needs to happen? What's going on here? Because when you start feeling like you're not being a good this or a good that, or if you don't feel like you're accomplishing things, it's always good to stop and say, okay, Lord, let's prioritize. Let's, t- let's step back and see where we're at. And, and really what it is is that when you don't feel like your life is being fulfilled or you don't feel like you're doing or completing what you need to get done. Amen? Don't know if you've ever felt that way. I never feel like I ever get done. Uh, you know, there's always something more to do, which, which I love that. But on the other side of the thing is that you've got to live a life of fulfillment. And uh, so as I was praying and meditating, this, the title of my message tonight is Life's Fulfillment. And I want to share with you some things that just really were burning in my heart and just, just stirred me up. And right here, John, you know, chapter 4, verse 34 says this. He said, Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Amen. Now, the Amplified Bible of that says, Jesus said unto them, my food is nourishment to do the will or the pleasure of him who sent me to accomplish and completely finish his work. How many of you know we got to work on earth to do? God's still not done with us yet. Amen. How many you know, praise God, God didn't just, you know, send Jesus so you would be born again? Somebody said, whoa, time out. What do you mean? Yeah, he's a savior. I needed a savior. I needed that. I needed. That's why he came, so I could make heaven. No, that's one of the reasons. But that's not the only reason. Because if that was the only reason, the minute you got saved, he'd get you out of here. 
You'd be gone. Because if that's the only reason, every time somebody got saved, they'd disappear. And wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Nobody would get saved. Nobody wanted to. They wanted. But why did God send Jesus? He sent Jesus to die so that we could be saved. But any, and so for, if that was the only reason, then we all should have been. Just when, when you do that, boom, 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 God's protecting us. He's doing it. But that's not the reason. The only reason, I should say. He did that because we could. But God didn't just zap you. He turned around and, and put his spirit on the inside of you. And he got you born again so that you could show his glory here on the earth. So that you could do what he wanted you to do. So that you can finish the work. You can finish your course. Guess what? God's got an assignment for you. Amen? And Jesus was letting us know here that his food for his entire life, for his entire living, it was, was right here, was according to God's will. He was living that life in accordance to what God wanted. Because you remember, this is John chapter 4. This is the woman at the well. They went to town to get some of the food. And then he said, Master, here, you got to eat this. He said, I've got meat that you know not of. Did somebody bring him something to eat? Did somebody bring him something here? He says, my meat or my food is to do the will of my Father. Amen? And when we see that, we need to understand that our food, for our especially spiritual food, is doing the will of our Father, but actually doing the plan that God has mapped out for you. How many of you know that you can get busy doing the good and miss out on the best? You can get so occupied of doing all the good, and you know, that's sometimes you can get so you know, busy. I've grown to hate that word. You know, because everybody's like, oh, Pastor, you're so busy. Well, yes, but I don't like that because I've been changing my whole confession here because I heard this from somebody just recently who said this, basically. He said, listen, busy simply means that uh, being under Satan's yoke. And, uh, and I like that because it actually ministered to me because it realized that I thought, you know what? I'm not busy anymore. Because I'm not under Satan's yoke. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to allow that uh, 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 to, to cause me to not be able to get done the things that I think I need to get done. I do understand, you know, just for all of you, I do understand I am getting older, but I'm fighting it with every ounce that I have, okay? I'm doing everything I know to stay as young and as vibrant and as valuable as I can be here, okay? But here's the thing about it. God doesn't want us just to start going in the direction of our assignments. He actually wants us to complete them. He wants us to finish. Amen? He wants us to finish these things. See, because if you don't finish, it doesn't really matter if you started. <laughs> How many of we get to heaven, we want God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We, get, we don't want to get up there and him show a video about what we could have had. You know, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced of this, that when, see, because the Bible says God's going to wipe away tears in heaven. I thought, why would we have tears in heaven? Why would we have tears in heaven? Because you know what? We're going to be crying for what we could have had here on the earth. And then God says, but you made heaven, so let's wipe all that away. But this is what your life was supposed to be. Y'all quiet here. Because you guys all do know that when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you, you, your works are going to be judged. You've got to show God that there, you actually have proof that you actually lived on the earth, that you actually talked to somebody about Jesus, that you actually did acts of kindness, that you had some good works so that you can bring them to God on that day. You don't want them to say, well, you made it. <laughs> Amen? And I said, well, now, Pastor, you're putting responsibility. No, I'm trying to get you to understand how to have a life of fulfillment and get into the plan and the purpose of God. Because I want to show you tonight that you, guess what? God had a predestined plan for you before you were even born. Did you know that? 
God had a plan. And see, in God's plan is, is, is the greatest place. The, you know, the best place to be in the world is to be in the will of God because that is the greatest safety, the greatest blessing, the greatest, most wonderful thing in the world is to be knowing that you're in the will of God. That's the safest place to be. Isn't it amazing? Jesus was on the earth. He was, a, uh, and he stripped himself of all of his, his, his deity and his glory. So he stripped, and he operated as a man, anointed of the Holy Ghost, right? So he did that. How many of you know that all the demons of hell and, and Satan himself was coming against him and couldn't stop him? Couldn't stop him. I mean, Satan knew he couldn't stop him, so he tried to deceive him. Hey, if you'll do this, I'll do this. Hey, if you'll do this. You know, he tried to trick him and do those things. And he couldn't. Amen. He couldn't stop him. Why? Because Jesus was doing the will of God. He was in the perfect will of God. Guess what? When you're in the perfect will of God, all the demons of hell can't stop you. And now the problem is most of us don't know if we're in the perfect will of God. (laughs) And you know, one of the biggest reasons that we don't think God has a plan for our life or that we can't find God's specific plan for our life where we're supposed to blossom is because most of the time we never do the general plan. Y'all okay? Y'all here? Everything okay? Hallelujah. I can't help but to give me time to study. The crazy things happen. It gets gets dangerous, you know, in some things. The general plan of God is simply being a Christian. There are things that God said for us to do. Once we got born again, there were things that we would do. Amen? It was simple obedience to the commandments of God, the ordinance of God, simple things like, hey, let's have fellowship with him. Let's pray. Let's read our Bibles. Let's, let's get to know him. Let's get to know the one who saved us. Amen? Simple thing is, hey, let's walk in love to one another. Let's let the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, let it come out of us. Amen? And that's hard for most Christians to do, especially when you have to deal with Christians. Especially that walking in love part. Hallelujah. You know, it talks about just doing the things that the Bible says to do. The Bible says, here's some things, you know, paying our tithes or giving our tithes and our offerings, doing that so that the work of God can go. That's the general plan of God, just doing things, being in there and there and just simply sharing our life with him, letting what happened to us go in and telling our story. But most of the time, we want to have this private salvation. Amen. We're so glad that God, you know, uh, set us free. You know, that God's just with us. How many know, you know, God didn't give you a heavenly vision or give a heavenly plan for it just to be for you. Remember what Paul said? Paul said when he was standing before King Agrippa, he said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision or the heavenly calling. Amen. He wasn't, he wasn't disobedient to that. Thank God he wasn't disobedient to that. And because Paul's obedience, because of Paul's obedience, because of what he did, we're all still being blessed by his obedience, right? He wrote half of the New Testament. Praise God. We're still seeing this. We're still seeing God has a vision and a plan for each one of our lives. Amen? And here's the thing about the specific plan. I'm not going to really get into a lot of that, but the specific plan of God is your gifts and your callings. Do you know God gave each and every one of us gifts and callings? 
Paul said it like this in, in Acts 20, in verse 24. He said that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry that God has given unto me. Each one of us has a course in life. It may be that we're working, doing something, or doing, doing whatever we do naturally to supply the physical needs that we have and the finances to live. But each one of us, God gave a gift to us that's got to be given back to his family to be used in the body of Christ. Amen? You know, isn't it funny about Moses? Moses' gift was freedom. Do you know he was the only free Hebrew living in Egypt at the time? He was the only free Hebrew. And he was a Hebrew. His mama told him what he was because he knew it was a Hebrew child and he got raised by Pharaoh's daughter and his mama got to raise him all the way up until uh, uh, he got to be, and then she gave him to the daughter there to be raised and he was raised in Pharaoh's house, had all these riches, he had everything and he was a free Jew, the only free Jew in all of Egypt. His gift to his family, his gift to the thing was freedom. And I'm, you know, Moses let him out of the land of Israel but Moses didn't figure this out till he was 80. I don't want you to figure it out till you're 80. Come on, folks. See, we know Moses, he tried to do it when he was younger and he was 40 and he killed somebody and then he ran away. You know, it, you know we, we, want, we want to get you to get, have some more fun now before you turn 80, okay? Because you may not get to be 120 like he got to be, all right? And a little bit older than that. So the key is, is that we need to look at some things here. You know, First Peter chapter 4 said that we've been given a gift, in fact, turn over there. I wasn't going to take some time, but let's do this. Let's do this. The Holy Spirit wants to tell you that you have a gift. Hallelujah. That's scary that some of you have gifts and you're not using them. But you got to get your gifts to be used. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. You know, God's called us. He's gifted us. And here in First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. He says this, he says, as every man, I'm going to read out of the King James, then I'm going to read out of the Amplified. It says, as every man hath received the gift, it should say a gift, even so minister or serve the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Then he goes on to talk about things of what you can do. You know, isn't it funny? He says, uh, let's just read verse 11. He says, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister or if any man serves, let him do it as with the ability which God gives. If he, and that God in all things, amen, may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He said, man, you, all of you have been given a gift. We want you to serve one another. Then he says this in verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. Which means if you try to exercise your gift in the body of Christ, it can be dangerous. <laughs> the key is God has to open the door for your gifts, but your gift will make room for you if you honor God and you don't have the attitude. It's an amazing thing when you look at stuff and see this. That really, Remember Romans chapter 11 verse 29 says this. He said that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance which means God gave them to us and he gave each one of us giftings and callings to do things. You know, I like what the Amplified Bible says about that. It says this, God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given and he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace um, or to whom he sends his call. It's an amazing, God doesn't ever take it back. 
He calls it whom he calls, he equips, you know. And see, there's a place where God's, your gifts, your callings, there's a place where God wants to use you to the fullest extent and for you to be a blessing. Amen? And see, Jesus always stayed doing the plan of the Father. He didn't let anything deter him from what he was doing. He didn't stop and change. He never changed his message and he never changed his mission. See, Jesus succeeded because he stayed in heaven's plan. Paul succeeded because he stayed in heaven's plan. We're going to succeed if we stay in heaven's plan. And God has a plan for us, but we've got to figure out what that is. We've got to figure, because we'll never be fulfilled. We'll never be fully fulfilled until we're doing the thing that God called us to do. You'll never be fully fulfilled just doing natural things. It's got to be something spiritual that you're doing that's going to cause, because God put eternity in our heart. And when we accept Jesus Christ, there's something God wants us to serve, something that God wants to give back to his family. It just, it just is. It doesn't matter. You're just not going to be fulfilled until that happens. And like I said, I don't want to stand before Jesus and you know, him show me a, a video of my life that wasn't fulfilled or, or a video that said, hey, you didn't do heaven's plan. Amen? Amen. <laughs> All right, go with me if you would over to Ephesians chapter 2. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read this to you out of the Amplified. I got, had a lot of fun going in the Amplified Bible. Hadn't been in there in a long time. I'd been doing all, I'd been, you know, doing all these other uh, uh, translations and different things, but it was just nice to go back and look and see. Ephesians 2.10 out of the King James Version says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen? I'm going to read it to you out of uh, the Amplified Bible. It says this, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew or born again, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Do you know God has a life for you to live? And it's a good life. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for you to live. Do you know God has it already. He had something. The Bible says that God knew you before you were even formed. God knew you before you were even formed in, 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 in your, your mother's womb. And he said, I prepared a, a plan and a purpose. I've got a life laid out for you that you need to be. And if your life is not lined up with the word of God, it's not lined up with the good life, then you're doing your own plan instead of his plan. Thank you for your overwhelming response. But it's so true because we want to blame God. But how can you blame God when you're not even on his path? He says, this is where I want you to go and you're going this way. How can two walk together lest they agree? And see, the key is agreement. Remember I talked about the general plan. You're not going to get the specific plan of God, which is where your gifts and callings are going to be blessing until you do the general plan of God. Amen. If you can't just be a Christian and you can't act right, walk in love and do what the Bible says to do that acts like that and you honor God and what he's saying to do for your own life, then he's not going to take you to do anything else. He don't want you to mess somebody else up. Amen. I mean, it's what it says. He, he's, he prearranged a good life for you. He planned beforehand. He's got some good works for you. He, he, he planned beforehand he's, for us to take the path that he prepared ahead of time. Amen. He says, well, how do I find that? How do I get that? Well, you got to talk to him. You got to listen. You got to take the word of God. You got to do something. You got to rearrange uh, your life on some things. Amen. 
I mean, the Bible says right, this verse right here in Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we were born again so that we may do good works that God has planned for us already to do. God has a plan and he has a purpose for our lives. Hallelujah. And God's left us on this earth for a reason. Amen. God's left us on this earth for a reason and he wants us to fulfill his plan. Now, here's the bad thing about it. I can't tell you God's plan for your life. You can't tell me. You can't tell somebody else. Even though, how many of you ever saw somebody and you just knew, can't they see that that's what God wants them to do? As a pastor, gosh, I see that so thousand. I said, gosh, can't. But I can't tell you, even though I know that's the plan of God for your life. So why not? Because that's the same reason God doesn't tell you. God's a perfect gentleman. Amen? God's a perfect gentleman. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. And, and that's probably the hardest thing for Christians to understand. The hardest thing for us to understand because we're human. See, because when we know what our kids should do, what do we do? We tell them. <laughs> Come on, parents. Your kids grow up and they start doing stupid things and you're like, oh my gosh. I wish you were 10 again so I could just deal with you. But they're not 10. They got to make their own mistakes. But the problem is, see, we tell them. The wonderful thing about God is he never tells us anything unless we give him permission. Because people always ask this question. Here's the other thing. Well, if God knows the plan, why doesn't he tell me? God's not withholding the plan. You're not asking. You're not seeking. You're not finding. You're not getting into the presence of God. You're not getting into that place to receive because God wants to get this thing to you more than you want to get it because you're not going after it. Amen? See, we have this whole thing that we think that because God knows, he should just do it. See, knowledge is not permission. I'm going to say it again. Knowledge is not permission. God knows everything. God knows what you need before you ask. But he says you got to ask. Now, how many of you just love it when your kids come in and say, get me this. I need water. <laughs> you come into grandpa's house, you better ask in a whole different attitude, in a whole different thing. You better go outside, come back in, and know how to ask. And it's may I please, may I, it's a manner's got to come into here before you get any kind of response other than you need to leave my house. <laughs> It's a big difference, you know. See, we go into God and we try to treat God like, like, you know, that he, well, you know, you know this, instead of coming to God the right way. Amen? And see, like I said, I can't tell you your plan. And guess what? Your plan's not in your head. (laughs) The plan of God's not in your head. Your plan's in your head, but the plan of God's not in your head. The plan of God's in your spirit, okay? That's what the problem is. And your spirit and your head are always fighting, because you think you know what's right. And then when you have all this problem, things, bad things happen, things are going on, you go, well, I don't understand what's going on. Hallelujah. See, because God has already has a plan prepared for you, has a life and a plan prepared for your life that's going to be the greatest blessing because it's his will. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. 
Psalms 139, verse 15 and 16 out of the Amplified says this. He says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in a secret and intricately, uh, curiously wrought as if embroidered with various colors. In the depths of the earth, a region of darkness and mystery. Your eyes saw my unformed substance and in your book, all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape. Psalms 139, verses 15 and 16 Amplified, okay? Sorry, I say that real fast. But the last part of this says, you're in your book, all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape when as yet there was none of them. Amen. He said, before I even did anything, you already had everything written down in your book that I was supposed to do. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, I like what the the New Living Translation says of this. This is Psalms 139, and I'm going to read verses 14 through 16 because it kind of lumps things back. He says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before us single day had passed see God knows what you're going to do 10 years from now God knows it God knows the beginning and the end but he already laid it out for you to do it before you were ever born God had a plan and he had a purpose so well if he does then why don't I just do this you know the wonderful thing about God is is that he wants you to find it out what his plan is for your life amen Remember, Jesus, he had to go and he had to go even into the word of God, his own self, to, f- to find out the plan of God of what needed to be done. As it is written, this was what's going to take so that it might be fulfilled. You know, Jesus found in the Old Testament, he studied the Old Testament so that when he went to John and John said, yeah, I should be baptized you. He said, no, no, you've got to baptize me so that all the scripture will be fulfilled. All through the New Testament says, Jesus did this and said this. Why? So that scripture could be fulfilled. Well, who, was, who knew all that? And sure it wasn't those crazy disciples he had. They didn't know anything until they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? <laughs> and here's the thing about it. Lest you think, well, if I don't know, I'm okay. Because, see, the assignment and the plan of God will never go away from you. That, that young, hungering, that desire, that wanting of what you wanted to do, it's never going to leave. Amen. And so you've got to just, you know, here's the thing about it. If you're born again, you've made Jesus the lawyer. Why don't you want to fulfill and get all the blessings? Why don't you want to get this good life that's been prearranged instead of fighting and trying to figure out all the other things here? Amen. And because it's only this plan that's ever going to bring a total fulfillment in our life. And it's the only way to live the good life. And the only way to live is in peace with yourself, knowing that you're doing something for God, doing something that, that God wants you to do. Because too many believers for too long, they're not having a good life. They're just surviving. Or they're just getting by. Or they're thinking, well, this is good enough. You know? Because see, when you understand your purpose and when you understand what God's called you to do or you understand the calling of God on your life to do something, amen, it makes you wake up in the morning with excitement. I mean, if you have a drudgery for life and you haven't met Jesus or you haven't been fellowshipping with him, you haven't been hanging out with him because when you hang out with Jesus, you can't be uh, the grouch that you have been. And most people, you know what most people do? They adopt a different plan. Well, we'll just go this way. Instead of taking time to find out God's plan, instead of taking time to find out how to live days of heaven on the earth, they always take a different route. Yeah. 
Man, this must be smacking you good. Praise God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. This just thrilled my heart because it actually got me completely out of knowing, okay, and it's okay, you know, just when I talked about how to be a finisher, the very last thing of a finisher doesn't mind doing the mundane things, doesn't mind doing the same things over and over of what we know is good, doesn't mind reading your Bible, doesn't mind praying, doesn't mind taking the word of God, doesn't mind doing what God's called us to do and just keep doing it. And then life begins to form out of it. Things begin to take place. But, you know, here's one of the biggest reasons why we don't, uh, can't find the, the plan of God and the assignments of God for our lives is because we never renew our minds on the word of God. We never think like God thinks. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 says, we've been given the mind of Christ. Given the mind of Christ. It says also that, uh, you know, over in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude changes how you think about yourself. It changes how you think about others. It changes. See, because when you get God's assignment and you get God's plan for your life, you realize it's bigger than you, that God didn't just do it for you. He did it for everybody, you know? I mean, Moses was a free Hebrew. He was free. He didn't have anything. He had all the luxury. He had everything. And yet his mama told him, hey, God's got a purpose for your life. You're supposed to be a deliverer for Israel. You're the only free Hebrew in the whole country of Egypt, and you're going to deliver your people. Now he tried to do it on his own, messed up. And you remember when God came to the burning bush and God told him to do everything? And and what did Moses do? He made excuses. How many Christians do you know make excuses for why things aren't going right in their lives? I still love all of you. Y'all love me? Y'all good? (laughs) You know, what did Moses say? I stutter. I can't talk right. We all want to make excuses. You know, I'm tired of excuses. I think we need to stand up and take hold of the word of God. Let's take over what God has and let's find our purpose. Let's find the plan of God and let's change our world. Let's change our lives. Let's take hold because life's fulfillment comes from finding the plan and the purpose of God. Because believe it or not, God wants to reveal secrets to you. I mean, how many of us would have had the boldness of Daniel? All of a sudden, Daniel, he gets into captivity as a teenager. He's there. He's just doing his little thing. He's just hanging. He's not doing anything. He didn't do anything wrong. He got kept at it. All of a sudden, the guy comes and says, Nebuchadnezzar says, if you can't interpret the dream, he's going to kill all you guys. That's Daniel and, and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They're all going to die, okay? And Daniel's like, well, well wait a minute. Why, hey, well, why is the king being so hasty? Wait a minute. Time out. He said, well, he went before them and he said that he had a dream, but he forgot the dream. So they have to tell him the dream and the interpretation. So somebody comes and says, listen, I had a dream, but I can't tell you the dream. And I, need to, and I know it's from God. You need to do it or you're going to die. You might pray a little harder. Because <laughs> what, did, what, did, what did Dan, Dan say? Hey, tell him, hold on, hold on, tell him to hold on. And then he went and got his friends. Meshach, Shadrach, and he said, come on, guys, we got to pray. We need to get together. Let's pray. Let's ask God to do something here. God is the one. And then, then you know, while they were praying, God gave the vision to Daniel. Daniel saw it all. And then when he went before Nebuchadnezzar, he said, hey, hold on. Don't kill anybody. Don't be killing any of these guys. Come on. I got it. Because the God I serve, he told me. And it's not because I'm somebody special, but it's because of my God. It's because of my God. He's the revealer of secrets. He's the revealer of mysteries. 
Amen. He's the revealer that we have. So, and then he told him the whole dream. This is what you dreamed. And then never, yes, yes. And he got it. And then what happened to, to Daniel? He got promoted. He got all kinds of blessing. He, he was the top, top guy. And he said, well, not just me, guy. You got to promote these other three that help me pray. Remember, that's what he said. He said, no, they got to come with me. They go up. Because, see, when, when you find your plan and your purpose, you always promote other people with you. That's how you know it's God's plan because everybody gets blessed around you. If it's just you getting blessed, it's usually your plan. (sighs) Amen? Now, you remember that later on, all the same guys that Daniel saved by praying and getting an answer wanted to get Daniel taken out of the way and thrown in the lion's den. Those same guys. So don't expect everybody to be happy that you got a plan. Don't expect anybody to be happy that you have an assignment and to everybody be so rejoicing because oh, you know what God wants you to do. Remember I said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all doing okay? Praise the... Wow, it's three minutes. Yay, yay, I'm having too much fun. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, real quick. Romans, I could quote it to you, but I want you to look at it. Romans chapter 12, uh, you know, verse 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed what? by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or you may discern what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There's three wills of God. There's the, accept, you know, the good, the acceptable, and the perfect. We need to, I think for so many years we've been in the good. Remember I said you can miss out the best by doing the good. I want the best. I want the perfect will of God. I want to get into the place where God's pouring out his blessings a hundred times. Where the hand of God is. Where we're seeing it, seeing it take place. Hallelujah. And the key is that we've got to renew our mind to know what is the good. You know? What is the acceptable and what is the perfect will of God. Because we don't just want the acceptable. We want the perfect will of God. And we see that all through the Bible. We see through all things where they did things. But the key is, is to renew our minds so we think in line with the word of God. When you start thinking in line with the word of God, you start thinking like Daniel. Like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, I got a God. Daniel wasn't this old guy at this time. He's still young. Daniel went through three kings. Three kings. He, he served three ungodly kings. And he didn't back off with anything. Remember the guy with the writing on the wall? Handwriting on the wall says, you're going to die. <laughs> Just love those guys in the Old Testament. You got Elijah, man. He's like, God's going to call fire down from heaven. And he does, and he consumes everything. He's like, hey, and Ahab and Jezebel are like, why can't we kill this guy? Because God's hand is upon him. When you're in the perfect will of God, Satan can't destroy you. He can't. He's, if he did, he, if he could, he would have already taken most of you out. Amen? <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. One of the biggest things that we've got to do is we've got to change and our minds and we've got to renew them on the word of God. That's the biggest key about knowing how to do this. You know, because when you spend time feeding on the word of God and spend time fellowshipping with the Father, man, God has a bigger purpose for our lives. And listen, God's going to cause increase. God's doing, we're, as, we, as we fall into this, man, we're going we're gonna to allow God to be God in our lives. And you need to know, God will let you do your own thing. God will let you do your own way. God will let you just go, and then you'll be like, oh, come I got to this place. The problem is, is that you wanted to. Amen. Eight o'clock, okay. Let me figure out where I can unplug. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, we'll go back on that. That's a good one. Okay, let's, uh, amen. Hallelujah. I don't know where to unplug. We're just going to have to just shut it down. Amen. God is so good. Because I want you to have this. And listen, here's the wonderful thing about it. Don't think you can't get to the perfect will of God. Isn't it amazing how people think that, yeah, well, I'm not going to be able to do this, or I'm not going to be able to do that, so I might as well take this. The devil's always trying to tell you. He's always trying to do multiple choice. Listen, it's either A, B, or C. You know, look how terrible it is. You've got to pick the lesser of two evils or the lesser of these three. You're going to have to settle. And how many got to know that there's always a number four, there's always the letter D? None of the above. None of the above. Praise God. Because Jesus changes the course of things. Jesus changes that. And we got to start thinking of ourselves a whole. And the reason we don't is because we haven't allowed, uh, we've allowed the enemy to defeat us because we know we're not doing something wrong or we know we're not doing something right and uh, or we are doing something wrong. So we just need to repent and ask God to forgive us. It's amazing how many people just can't just, okay, God, forgive me. Let's do that and let's get up and let's go. It's like, you know, I use my phrase all the time. Listen, if you'll admit it, quit it, forget it, and go and sin no more, you'll be okay. But you got to admit it, then you got to quit it, amen? And then you got to forget it, or you'll never, you know, stop doing it. So you got to forget it, and then you got to go and sin no more. I mean, don't go do a less thing, worse thing comes upon you. Just take the word of God, say, I believe what God says. I believe what God, because I don't want to just survive. God doesn't want you to get by. He wants you to have a good life. He wants you to have his will. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk about this. We'll probably talk about this next Wednesday night because we're going to talk about when you bring your need to God, there's always a supply. And we need to understand because most people uh, are, are looking at things and saying, oh, man, it, it just looks too big. It looks too, 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 too wild. But if you'll get into the presence of God, God will change your whole picture of who you are. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I, I hope that I haven't opened up so many cans of worms in their lives and hope and open up all these things that they're trying to, to think through their heads. I want them to grab a hold of this with their heart. I want them to grab a hold of the truths of the word of God and really see that as Daniel and his, and his three friends prayed, God, you revealed secrets and you are the revealer of secrets. There's some things you want to do. You told us in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto you and you will show us great and mighty things which we know not. Oh, thank you, Father. The Amplified says things that have been hidden and fenced in, not from us, but for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And Lord, I just honor you and love you that we want to have life's fulfillment, but life's fulfillment is being in the will of God, doing what the will of God, and, and being a blessing, not only for ourselves, but for others. So, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you as we embark upon this that we'll receive all that you have for our lives. Lord, I thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen and amen.